You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on the artist, formerly known as Twitter, at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Texas, S as in Seminoles, and M as in Michigan. Kennedy Miller, my guy. What's going on, Mr. Goodwin? Man, nothing too much, man. Where can the folks find you on the artist formerly known as Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. And I said S as in Seminoles, like the Florida State Seminoles. You know where you won't find them come New Year's Day? In that CFP, baby. Yes, in that's that where you football playoff. Man, look, and I didn't have to do that. That was a low blow. It was. That was. It was. That was like a Ric Flair low blow, like bang. Can I just say that out of all the years that we've done this show, I think this might be the most excited you've been uh, been for an episode. <laughs> we finally seen the day. Helen has went back to Charles and Charles is doing a rest. See, I disagree with that one. See, that would be the Texans. And like, just briefly on that, I was watching the Texans today and I was like this. Well, look at them. The last couple of years, I watched the Texans, no emotion, no nothing. But I was watching them. There's like good tackle. Look at Will Anderson. Good play. And I'm like this. Oh, God, it's getting closer. It's getting a little bit oh, closer. Oh, yeah, you're coming back. A little, I'm you're like, coming back. A little bit closer week by week, just a little bit. But Texas, that's been the one I never left. I'm like bubbles on the wire, all right? I'm high <laughs> now, okay? Th- look, this ain't As bacon soda. Be. This ain't bacon soda. This, <laughs> this, 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 it ain't stepped <laughs> on. It, like what homeboy said at the time, man, this is raw string. This is raw. <laughs> this that uncut. Hey, so so today we are we are pulling the couch out for you because you've given me plenty of time to talk about my Cowboys, talk about the Lakers. Back then, it was the Cavs. This is your floor today to gloat about how long it's been since the Texas Longhorns have been at this level of success. The floor is yours. Honestly, man, I'm going to say this. Going into the season, I said, this is the year, given the amount of talent Texas has. I said, this is, Texas probably has the second best wide receiver room in America behind Ohio State. Texas has the second best tight end in America behind Georgia's, right? Texas has an experienced defensive line, good linebackers, a young but pretty decent secondary, great running backs, mm-hmm. gr- all five starters on the O-line are back, and a quarterback in year two. If Texas couldn't win 10 games this year, they might as well have fired Sark now because it was never going to get any better. My only goal this year, win the Big 12, whatever happens after that happens after that. We'll figure it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But all I was worried about was just win the Big 12. That's it. And they did that. They handled everything else. So I can honestly say as a fan, I'm extremely satisfied. I have enjoyed watching this team. And I think, Ken, both of us can really agree with this, man. I think as fans, so often we get caught up in what our team doesn't do. Yep. And, well, they won, but they didn't win the way we wanted them to win. Or, well, we had a great year, but we didn't make it to the conference championship game. We we didn't make it to the NBA final. So, you know, it wasn't that great. You know what I mean? And I think as a fan, we get spoiled sometimes because through our childhood, 
right. for like a nine year period. Texas won 101 games and only lost 16. Like we were spoiled growing up. So these last 15 years that have been lean, like you learn to appreciate a moment like this because it could be fleeting. You know what I'm talking about? Texas ain't been good since Obama's first term. Texas ain't <laughs> been good since right after Drake put out that So Far Gone album. Texas ain't been good since right. You remember that summer Every Girl by Young Money came out? Absolutely. Texas ain't been good this good since then. Okay. That was a long time ago. So I think as a fan, you just got to appreciate, hey, man, this is a great, great season you know and at this point for me whatever happens after this happens after this would i love for us to win a game in the cfp absolutely absolutely but i can't really ask for nothing more at this point hell i'm just being greedy no i mean you you make some you make some great points uh i didn't know that record but now that i think about it it sounds about right but i just think i think college football is better when texas is good i do i just think texas being a contender winning 10 games that that makes college football go and you got some you got texas you got alabama you got michigan and you got washington and washington's good but like you got three heavy heavy hitters heavy hitters heavy hitters heavy fan bases and a lot of money in those programs and i think and you know we're about to get into it but i think that for the situation at hand i think that the committee did a pretty good job with picking the four you know and you know getting to florida state florida state is undefeated 13 and 0 ACC champion. So this is the first time. Like this entire weekend yes. is unprecedented. So this is the first time mm-hmm. two teams that were 7 and 8 have jumped all the way into the playoff. Right? First time that's happened. Yes. First time a undefeated P5 conference champion has been left out. First time a team that was number 1 in the second to last rankings fell all the way out of the playoff after conference championship weekend. Mm-hmm. I think most years a team like Georgia could have lost a game the way that they did. Yes. And still snuck in at four. Kind of how yes. they did in 2021. Or kind of how Alabama did in 2017, where they didn't even play for the conference title, but they still snuck in at four. Or, or Ohio State last year, same situation. Cause most right. times there aren't this many really good teams. This year there were coming into conference championship weekend, there were four undefeated power five teams. That's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And so there was going to be chaos once Alabama beat Georgia. And for me, yep. that meant Texas was in by virtue by virtue of the fact that Alabama beat Georgia, Texas beat Alabama. Right. So at that point the question becomes between undefeated Florida State, P5 champion. And Alabama. And a part of me does believe that on a certain hand, you do like I I, I can see Florida State's argument. And I think it's really valid because in the NFL, if Pat, in, in the NFL, if Pat Mahomes gets hurt, right. they're not going to take them out of the playoffs. Like, oh, they got Chad Henney. They're not the same team. But, you know, they're there because, of course, the games have to matter. But if they would have put them in the playoff, they would have. They would have been biting the pillow against Michigan, okay? It would have been biblical. <laughs> is there precedent for putting a team on their third-string quarterback in the playoff? There is. 2014, Cardell Jones and Ohio State. The difference is, Tate Rodemaker and Brock Glenn didn't look like no damn Cardell Jones. They looked uh-huh. like I looked like Mike Norvell went over to the Kappa Sigma fraternity house and grabbed two dudes. That's what they looked uh-huh. like out there. 
right? So it, like as a viewer, had they put them in the playoff, this would have merely been a bye week for Michigan effectively. Yep. So and I tell you what, did you see that video uh, when Michigan found out the fourth slot was Alabama? I was just about to bring that up. I was just about to bring that up. Ooh. That's how you know that it was some like it's some real competition that's put in there. Because if they put Florida State in there, they probably would have started cheering in there. Like they did the right thing. It is Florida State does have an argument, but after what happened to TCU last year, they're trying to get ratings and they're trying to make money. And you know, honestly, like it is tough because the game should matter. But and I, I also say this too because I was about to say I think you put the four best teams, but I don't think I don't think there are four better teams in Georgia. It's just unfortunate how it happened. A team like Georgia, a one-loss non-conference champion. Reasons like right now is why the playoff is expanding to 12 yes. teams. Do I think the playoff should be 12 teams? Hell no. And here's why the playoff shouldn't be 12 teams. Let's think, Ken, we've been doing a playoff for 10 years. There have been, I think, 27, 28 games wow. at this point. Mm -hmm. Typically, we can't get... Two great semifinal games in a great national championship game with four teams. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get better when the field triples in size. Year to year, mm -hmm. there are probably only, what, three legitimate national title contenders? This happens to be the one year where yeah. going into conference championship weekend, there were seven teams that were legit in play. I don't count Ohio State because we just knew they were out. Yeah. But seven teams who were legit in play. Like, we've never had that before. Like, because in all ways, I don't think, in some years, the best teams don't get in. Like, last year, Alabama didn't get in, right? Mm -hmm. They lost two games on the last play of the game, but we all would agree. Alabama would have beaten Michigan last year. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this is why the playoff is going to end up expanding to make sure there's a place for a one-loss great SEC team. Or a great mm -hmm. one-loss Big Ten team. And it's even more so because now that those two conferences are expanding so much. So now basically the Big Ten and the SEC are the AFC and the NFC. And the NFC, yeah. So, that's how it's going to be. And I tell you what, there's no greater reason for Florida State to leave the ACC than this. Because mm -hmm. boy. And what I've really been thinking about is there's no real good way to do this because about what 10 years ago we got sick of using the bcs computer rankings right we like let humans decide let humans decide let humans decide as if we all don't go outside and deal with wildly irrational highly susceptible idiots on the day-to-day -day basis as if everybody just right. forgot that people are really stupid and people do not make objective decisions Mm -hmm. So now that the playoff is going to expand, when there there's always going to be, be somebody that's left out. And there's always going to be expansion from that team or that school or that group that's left out, right? When it was four, well, why isn't it eight? Now that the playoff's going to go to 12, well, why isn't it 20? Mm -hmm. Eventually, we're going to end up in a place where this looks like the college basketball tournament. Where we got <laughs> way too many. Like, ain't no need for all of this. And if we're being honest, Ken, is there a need for all these bowl games? No. Not at all. Money and, and participation trophies. Like, Bo Nix probably not going to play. Like, Oregon didn't get in. Bo Nix probably not going to play, which I think is, like, diluting some of the games. But, you know, they college football always trying to make money somehow. And I think the wildest part about this, and I think what makes people really angry and really upset, is that Alabama is a team that benefits from this. This is probably Nick Saban's best coaching job. We're old enough to remember 
that at the beginning of the season, Texas beat Bama so bad that we are questioning if Alabama was done and if Jalen Milrow was the guy. Like, and they're in the college football playoff now. Like, let's not forget, like, I was I was going to bring that up, especially if they found a way not to put Texas in. There was no way that they could not put them in and put Bama in when Texas beat those dudes soundly in Tuscaloosa by double digits and held the ball like the last five and a half minutes of the game. I mean, that was going to be the question and that was going to be the argument because I know some people were saying, well, Georgia should be in. Georgia's been one of the best teams. It's like, well, if you put Georgia in, then you have to put Alabama in because Alabama beat Georgia. And if you're going to put Alabama in, then you have Mm -hmm. to put Texas in because Texas Texas. beat Alabama. Like Mm -hmm. somebody's going to be left out here. Like, and that was just going to be what it was going to be. Right. Whether that was Georgia. And I think, like I said, Florida state ends up on the wrong end of this, but let's be honest. If Florida state would have got into the playoff, like, like I said, if this was the NFL and Mahomes got hurt, they got to go out there with Chad Henney or whoever the hell their backup quarterback is. Now, right. I, I think it's Blaine Gabbard, but they would have had to go out there and get their ass whipped, right? Do the Seminoles mm-hmm. deserve that? Deserve the right? Give it how well they played in the regular season. I'll give it to them. It was impressive how well their defense played the last two weeks. Really, really, really impressive. But we all know good and well you put them in there, and whoever they play, they're walking to the finals. Yep. But should they have that right? Yeah. They, pro- they, they probably should have. If Alabama doesn't beat Georgia, we're probably not here having the conversation about Alabama or Texas. And we're probably not having this conversation if Hugh Freeze wouldn't have left a quarterback spy on on fourth and 31 in the Iron Bowl. Like, what are you doing? And matter of fact, I better leave Hugh Freeze alone because Hugh Freeze is probably listen, going to listen to this podcast and send me another unsolicited DM at an ungodly hour. Your old buddy Hugh Freeze. <laughs> but... Thinking about Alabama, like this is the best coaching job Saban's probably ever done. Like when I think about this year and thinking about where they started and I think about that game after they played Texas, when they went out there with that Tyler Buckner dude and somebody really Mm -hmm. better give him a LinkedIn account or set him up with a zip recruiter (laughs) because he stinks. They couldn't, they struggled to move the ball against South Florida and thinking about where they were then to where they are now. The best thing I can compare this to is you remember that year when Kawhi Leonard got hurt for San Antonio, his last full year Mm -hmm. there. And it was LaMarcus Aldridge, I think DeJounte Murray, a bunch of really really young dudes. And San Antonio won like 49 games and made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. This is like akin to something like that, because is this the same old dominant Alabama? It's not. Does Alabama feel more susceptible? Does Alabama feel more beatable? They do. But ain't nobody other than Texas been able to put them down. So, and I'm going to be honest with you, Alabama probably is the favorite to win this thing. I think it's going to be a Texas-Bama matchup. Dog, you know how crazy that would be? I think it'll be a Texas-Bama rematch. In Houston? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Man, if that happened, we got to get past Washington first. I'm going to be keeping real with you. Yeah, no, Washington, Washington. Michael Penix is, is that dude, man. They, they they got a squad out there, man. Look, like I said, as a Texas fan, I am just happy. Two years ago, we were on this very podcast, and I was yelling and hollering about the fact that we <laughs> lost to Kansas. Wow. That was two years ago. That was Think about all the five and seven seasons Texas has gone through in 14 years. Think about all of those. Charlie Strong, Tom Herman. What was the, uh, what was the coordinator that, that called that blitz against LSU? Todd Orlando. But you know what I'm going to say? This is like church. This is like a testimony when you get up in church and you, and you talk about what you've been through, 
right? <laughs> You've been there, Ken, at New Faith, and that, t- and that look when somebody gives their life over to God and talk about, you know, I was incarcerated, I was this, I was that. But thank God, mm-hmm. I don't look like what I've been through. <laughs> We were speaking about a little early about Florida State being on the wrong end of an ass whooping. You know who's just on the wrong end of an ass whooping just a couple minutes ago? Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, they took that one on the chin, man. And so, like, for you, Ken, do you think this is one of those things? Is this more of the Eagles playing three games in, like, 13 days and just hitting a real rough patch in the schedule? Or is this, like, a broader point that you think, like, San Francisco might be, like, the best team, top dogs in the NFC? I think San Francisco is a little bit better than them. I don't think the Eagles, like, they're not as good as last year. It's something to be said for the way that they've been winning games because they've just been grinding them out. Like, they, I got to give them credit. Like, they they can look bad the whole first half, and then the second half they just come out and kind of flip the switch. And Jalen Hurts, you know, can throw for 60-some yards and throw a pick and look like a very average quarterback. But then when it's winning time, he finds a way to win the games. And, like, there's something to be said for that. But also, it, it looks like chinks in the armor and, like, the offense isn't as, like, in tune as it was last year. Like, they were they were locked in last year. But, like, maybe it's a new OC, you know, still not really having a feel for the team. But I, I think the 49ers are a little bit better than them. I think the 49ers are a little bit better than them. I just – and they went through a gauntlet, too, because Buffalo, Kansas City – and again, like they were down in those games and, you know, other teams can make the argument they probably should have lost those games and they found a way to win. Um, So maybe maybe it is just like a buildup of so many big games back to back to back. And then they still not done. They got Dallas next week, which hopefully we can handle business. But you look at a team that looked like it was cruising to the number one seed in the NFC. If they lose to Dallas, you know, we all are going to have three losses. And then did, did they play Detroit still, too? They actually do not play the fighting Dan Campbells. I had it wrong. That's We play Detroit. Yeah, right, play right, Detroit. right. So the Eagles schedule to close it out is Dallas, Seattle, the Giants twice, and Arizona. So it's manageable, really, really yeah, manageable sure. after they play Dallas. Yeah, but, for sure. But I think to me, and like you said, Philadelphia can go from like having the driver's seat for the number one seed to possibly playing at Atlanta or whoever right. god awful team comes out of the NFC South, mm-hmm. like that that that's what it could be for them. I think it's going to be really tough for Philadelphia right now. You know, my she's an Eagles fan, so I better not say this too loud, man. I might end up sleeping on the couch. Might end, look, might end up sleeping on the couch. But Jalen Hurts doesn't look healthy. Mm-hmm. And he went out the game today with a concussion, right? Like they, 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 I think they tested him for a concussion, but he came back in and played. But yeah, he's been taking some shots. His knee doesn't look quite right. He's playing with this big knee brace. He doesn't look as quick. Mm-hmm. And I think Philadelphia, one of their big problems is Slay and Bradbury in the secondary. They look a little bit old. Their linebackers don't do a great job covering in space. Third down defense, they ha- they struggle getting off of the field. And it's crazy to think that the Philadelphia Eagles struggle to get off the field on third down when they got, in terms of Reddick, Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham still kicking. Big Fletcher. 
man, like that, this, that, that's a crazy thing to think about. So they got a couple of things to like to fix and fine tune there, but they got a handful of weeks to figure this out. But that's a team I probably oh, yeah. wouldn't want to play, given that they've got that like that championship level experience last year. Oh, they do. They do. Like winning is a skill. And so for those guys to be able to have won those games, because like I, there was a point in time in each of those games, the Bills, Chiefs, and even a couple more games that they played in this year where I'm like, oh, Philly's about to lose this game. Like this team is about to beat them. And then you look and you're like, ain't no way that like Jalen Hurts and the defense, like they just made timely play. They just willed their team to win. And it's something to be said. Like I, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. And you said should have beat them. Dog, that Dallas game, I still haven't gotten over that. And that was like a month ago. The Philadelphia bugged out at the end of that game. And I was like, mm. they're going to lose this game. Like, there's no way they were going to be able to win. And here comes the time ready. Boom. Yep. Like, those are going to be things that serve them really well. But against a team like San Francisco, I think they're the best team in the league. I think in turn, yep. if, they, if they can stay healthy, which has always been the problem with San Francisco, is if, if they can keep it all together all year, given how physically that they play, they are going to be, and they are a nasty matchup for everyone. Because outside of those three weeks that they lost, they've been lighting everyone else on fire. Yeah. I mean, they, they really don't have too many holes. Like Brock Purdy threw for like 320 today. You got one of the best running backs in football. You got one of the best tight ends in football. Your O-line is physical. Your D-line is, is physical. You got one of the best pass rushers. Maybe the best left tackle in football. On the offensive side, like your linebackers are really good. Like, where do you, where, where do you do? Like, they just they punish people. What do you do? Pray. That's really that's all you can really do to what whoever you pray to is just pray that somehow somebody important not there. I don't even know how to how, 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 how to switch gears to this. Did you see that nonsense of Aaron Rodgers back at practice talking about he may come back to finish the season with the Jets like two and a half there's months no way. after a torn Achilles? There, there's no way. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand who's cleared this. Like, I don't understand how these rumors have gotten this far. I thought it was a joke. Somehow they've let him practice. And I just keep seeing on Twitter when that dude uh, barbecued and that meat just fell off the bone. <laughs> Yes. And they always say, like, this is how Aaron Rodgers' leg is going to be when he comes back and plays. Like, I'm genuinely afraid if somebody clears him to be put on a football field after, what did you say, two and a half months? Was that the first game of the season? First game of the season. So that was, what, like the week after Labor Day? So that was like 80-odd days ago? Barely? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I just want to know what witch doctor he didn't go into. Right. And what, like, how high does he have to be? Right. Cause he, like, we, 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 you know, we always talk about how Kurt Angle used to be wrestling against Jeff Hardy and all that in TNA high as a Georgia pine doing somersaults, bro, doing somersaults and all the other stuff between him and like mid to late 90s Shawn Michaels, just mm -hmm. high the whole time. Did Aaron Rodgers get some fool to rub some tea tree oil on his, on the back of his leg? Mm -hmm. Like, what did he do? Because I really pray. Aaron Rodgers, like somebody around him or near him is like, dude, don't you're, you're not going to go out here and do this. And for for what purpose? And I was about to say, to what end? What is the just record? They're like four and nine. Like what is and, and Aaron Rodgers is, is 39, if I'm not mistaken, 38, 39. Too, really old 
old enough to know that an injury that takes a year to come back from, you're not about to walk out here in three months and be the same. Right. And I could maybe see, I could maybe see, I still wouldn't do it, but I could understand if a team was on the cusp of a playoff picture, especially like somebody like the Jets that have, you know, haven't had a lot of success since we've been alive. But to be four and nine, like, what are you going to do when you come back? What are you going to do for them? Besides have another a, a risk of getting hurt again, tearing your other Achilles. Ken, we've been at New Faith long enough. You remember the Preacher's Deacons basketball game? Do I? I know exactly what you're about to talk about. I'm not going to name names. I am not. But somebody wants, if you, you're not familiar, me and Ken go to the same church, been going to the same church our entire lives. During the Preacher's Deacons basketball game, I, they used to hold it like every year. I don't know if they still do it, and here's why they don't. One time... One of the deacons torn Achilles in the warm up line. Someone else, like there have been two or three torn ACLs. OG went down. OG went down that day, and I I rode with him. I couldn't ride back because he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, like and he was in pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just it just went down. Like you know the the Achilles thing. They always think somebody got you know. They always think somebody kicked him, and he he just went down. He kind of turned around. Nobody was behind him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i knew the achilles ain't nothing to play with like dude and those are just regular joes but as you get older man and of course they got better access to better athletic training and all that other good stuff man but you're 40 years old at a certain point when there's so mm-hmm. many miles on your body man you just start falling for at random times like when kevin durant you saw when he like slipped a couple of months ago and was out for three and a half weeks yep like you get to a certain age man you need to take it real slow that time my daddy damn near tore his Achilles because he missed the <laughs> step. Man. Man, it's not, it's not no joke, man. Like, I just don't understand. I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be good advice for him to, to get back on the football field. There's no reason. That is a dude who wants to prove that he's smarter than everybody else, that he knows more than everybody else, right? And in his right. goal to prove a point to everybody else, he may right. end up not walking out of the building. Somebody might have to wheel him out of the building legitimately. Right. So that's why I'm like, don't do this, please, sir. And speaking please. of look and look, you know who really should not allow him to do this? Robert Sala. It's bad enough. He got to suffer through Zach Wilson. And then they benched the Tim Boyle guy today. So now they up there playing Trevor Simeon. Wow. That's a name I ain't heard in since a, 2015. In a while dog no i'm gonna take that back robert tyler might be the person that might be encouraging aaron to come back he look hell aaron Rodgers on one leg is better than zach wilson on two no that's true that is true oh we did a fact check blaine gabbard is the chiefs backup quarterback ah man i'm i'm got me now thinking about the 2011 nfl draft when they had that s sports illustrated cover and they're like who should the who should the panthers take blaine gabbard jake locker christian ponder or cam newton that aged terribly. Not journalism's finest hour. <laughs> you know who also ain't having a fine hour? Who's that? The Carolina Panthers. So they fired Frank Reich. He has started off the season 1-10. Like, they were by far the worst team in the league. And because they traded up all those draft picks to go get Bryce Young, the Chicago Bears own their pick, which means the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the fifth coach. For David Tepper in like four years. Frank Wright, Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes. Uh, they had two interims and Ron Rivera. It's a dumpster fire over there. And here's my thing, right? David Tepper has been really desperate for a quarterback. Really, really, really desperate for a quarterback. 
Like they traded for both Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. David Tepper was almost willing to trade for Deshaun Watson as he was facing a grand jury investigation. And then they give up. What was it? Two ones? I got to look it up now. BJ, BJ Moore, right? I got to look at, look, I got to look, see exactly what they gave up to get Bryce Young. They gave up DJ Moore, the number nine pick in the 2023 draft, a second round pick in the 2023 draft, a first round pick in 2024, which is currently slotted as the number one overall pick, and a second round pick in 2025. Wow. They gave all of that up to move up to the number one overall pick. If I'm Bryce Young, if you're just looking around, this is like one of the worst situations to ever be in because he's going to go into year two, a whole new system. And because they don't have that number one overall pick, they can't trade back and be able to get some receivers, some offensive linemen, maybe a running back or yep. anything like that. Because do you know who he out here throwing the ball to? Adam Thielen. Uh, DJ Chark. I remember that name. Uh Terrace Marshall, I think he was like the third or fourth receiver that year, that 2019 LSU team. A fella named Jonathan Mingo. And that tight end, he's throwing the ball to Hayden Hurst, Stephen Sullivan, and his running backs are Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, and Miles Sanders. I guess this is like coach talk, but like you fire a coach, of course, of course they're going to be bad, right? Like look at what you've got to work with. It's your first year with a quarterback. Like it's very rare that they're just going to be successful coming out the gate, especially if you don't equip them with weapons. So, like, what did you expect? I think it it takes time. Like, it takes some time to build, especially with a new quarterback. Most times I'm not in a fan of firing a coach in year one. Like, the only firings in year one I've ever been exactly. in favor of were Nathaniel Hackett, and they had to fire Nathaniel because Nathaniel Hackett had no clue what he was doing last year in Denver. And you know how bad. And, and Urban Meyer. Huh? And Urban Meyer. Like, you know how bad <laughs> as a coach you got to be as a white man to get fired in year one? Like, they gave him, yeah. the, they gave them the David Cully treatment, both of them. Given mm-hmm. the roster that they have, unless Frank Reich was like a human resources menace on the level of Bobby Petrino or Ime Yadoka. I don't understand what he had to be doing in that building to get them fired. Because looking at that roster opening day, there aren't any playmakers on this team. There is not a narrow baller, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know who should want this job because the owner, David right. Tepper, does not seem patient enough to let a coach grow and build. And you have to be patient, especially with the young quarterback. You have to be patient with them. And I just, I do not want a minority to take this job. No. All jobs ain't good jobs. Don't mention no Eric B to me. No. Let Josh McCown take this job. <laughs> I don't care. Let someone else take this job. We don't need this one. Go ahead. They they need to hire uh Dennis Allen. Because the Saints the Saints about to get rid of him. Look, hire 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 someone. And here's the here's the bad part about this for Carolina. It looks even they traded up to one and it looks very obvious that they drafted the wrong guy. Because yeah, it looks bad. Buddy, Coleridge Bernard Stroud, the fourth. Coleridge. <laughs> hey, that dude is balling. I'm not going to call him CJ. I got to say the whole name. Coleridge Bernard, he down there in Houston doing it, man. I just know. Look, remember how I said success is very fleeting? Mm-hmm. That 2015 year where they were 15-1 and one and went to the Super Bowl, that feels like it was two decades ago, don't it? Yes. I mean... Because they have been downhill ever since. And like not even close. Yeah, like them and the Patriots. Now the Patriots are, they're, they're done. 
they're done. Like the Mac Jones experiment is, is done. I think he's lost all his confidence. And I think the whole thing that will happen with Mac Jones is this what shows you like how fickle growth is for young players. Because year yep. one with Josh McDaniels, he didn't look amazing, but he looked he looked decent. Right. Like he was all right, decent, he okay. first, like a decent rookie quarterback. He looked all right. The next year, McDaniels goes to Vegas, and then they – I don't know why he did this. He had Matt Patricia call the plays last year, and it looked horrendous. Mm-hmm. This year, he's got a better guy in there, Bill O'Brien, but the problem now is they don't have anybody out there for him to throw the ball exactly. to or anybody to run the ball. It's like the ghost of Ezekiel Elliott. Ramondre Stevenson, Kendrick Bourne out like their number one receiver is Kendrick Bourne, ain't yeah. it? And that's on and that's on Bill Belichick. I don't think any of us think he's a bad coach, but some got to be said for these for these decisions. Some got to be said for these GM decisions. They got to fire him. What else is there to do? I don't know. What, I don't know if you can fire Bill Belichick though. They went. They're two and ten this year. Yes. Let's go back to last year. Eight and nine. I think they made the playoffs in twenty twenty one. They're going backward. Any other coach, think, you go from eight wins to two. Look at the rest of their schedule. They got they got Pittsburgh next week, Kansas City week after that, Denver, Buffalo, and the Jets. Oof. Where do you see the wins? I don't. So they're going to go I, from eight wins to two wins. Like, if you're going backwards, we got to fire somebody. We got to get rid of the coach and probably got to get rid of the quarterback, too. Like, this happens at a certain period of time for me. There was a professor at Prairie View. Oh, man. Been at Prairie View for like 40 years. I really should have had a statue of it. When Dr. Frazier got in there and started teaching the same lecture in Algebra 1 as he was in trigonometry, it was time for him to go. <laughs> you go from eight wins to two, it might be might be, might be time for somebody to come tap. You'd be like, hey, so at the end of the year, Provost Johnson, full Professor Johnson, you're going to retire, all right? We're going to give you your full pension. You're going to be Professor Emeritus, the whole thing. You just can't be the man, no. That's what I think it should I- come to. I hear you. I just don't know if we should fire him just yet. And here's what here's here's what I think about. I think about Clay Thompson right now. He's playing absolutely horrible. I don't want well. I don't want to say horrible. He's not playing up to Clay Thompson's standard. He he's not playing up. Yeah, I mean he's old. He's coming off two, uh, you know, back to back injuries. It happens. People fall off a cliff. But he's done so much for the franchise that they would never trade him. Like they won't trade him. Now they might say, "We ain't gonna pay you this much money." And if you feel like you can get something else or something better, God bless you. But we're not going to push you out. You got to leave. You are right. You are spot on with the acing because, you know, some coaches can hang on a little bit too long and they just pass it. I don't know if we're there yet with Bill. Let him, I would still let him rock for another year or two and then we'll see. But I do agree, like Robert Kraft needs to say, like, OK, you need to we need to actually bring in a GM. Somebody else needs to make the decisions. Because coaches and G- coaches being the GMs hardly ever work. And it really hasn't because they haven't drafted well traditionally. Yeah, like it, it it hardly ever works. And for a while, we made the exception for him. But looking back at it, it was probably just Tom Brady cleaning up a lot of mistakes. I think on the field, absolutely, to where they were paying Tom Brady so much money. And once your quarterback is expensive— Everything around everything around you kind of has to be supplemented with lesser parts. Sure. Right. So now once they're they're rebuilding and they're supposed to have they've got a young quarterback in place, but he's got no real weapons around him. The receivers they tried to draft aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Like that's just in Mac Jones ain't that good either. The only good quarterback from that draft from 2021 is looks like Trevor Lawrence. Put it to you like this. How would he look with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco? Oh, my. You know, that's a really good question. 
And the reason I say I'm not sure is because we've seen Kyle Shanahan with some mid-quarterbacks, right? He wasn't able to make it work with the, with uh, Nick Mullins. CJ Beathard? Yes, yes. He wasn't able to make it work with some of them dudes, right? But, like, point taken, because I do think what Kyle Shanahan is able to do with some quarterbacks, able to do with Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, is real similar to what Steve Sarkeesian was able to do with Mac Jones because he had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, a great offensive line. So we can just, you know, motion, shift, play action, get the ball to our really good players, right? I think, I think it's fair. But at the NFL level, like, given how bad Mac Jones looks right now, he might be out here looking like Nick Mullins. Yeah, he's cooked. They really need to, at this point, just get Mac Jones – like just find out what his head size is. Find out what his what, what size visor, what his visor size is, because that's what he's gonna be doing. Doing that and holding an iPad. Hey, you gonna look up in a couple of years? He's gonna be a, a offensive analyst at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Nick Saban rehab programs. You might be right. He might back be back at Alabama working on a master's in business administration or supply chain Man. management. Ten years, Mac Jones is gonna be up in the booth calling the plays. With Nick still gonna be in there? No, nah, hell with that. You know what? You know what Mac Jones is really gonna be over there doing? What? Come to Mac Jones Buick and Chrysler today. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what he's gonna be doing. Hey, he's, his time is his time is ticking. He ain't got much longer. He ain't got much longer, and neither do we, because we are out of time here on the game plan podcast kennedy miller my guy thanks for hanging out with me i know you liked the way i swung that didn't you yeah that was good i like that i like that hey man i do what i can man where can the folks find you on the artist formerly known as twitter find me on twitter at underscore kennedy miller underscore Again, that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That is T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Follow the Game Plan Podcast on Instagram at underscore the Game Plan Podcast. Again, follow the show on Instagram at underscore the Game Plan Podcast. And again, Don't forget to tell 10 friends, to tell 10 more friends, to tell 10 more friends, to like, share, subscribe to the Game Plan Podcast, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. We appreciate you guys for listening. For Kennedy Miller, my name is Alex Goodwin. This has been the Game Plan Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Take it light.